0: You're listening to Syntax, the podcast with the tastiest web development treats out there. Strap yourself in and get ready. Here is Scott Talensky and Wes Boss. Hey, welcome to Syntax. In this episode, we're going to be talking about uh, getting into speaking at conferences. We're going to be talking about the sort of whys and how you can start to get involved, um, you know, tips and tricks, and even some little tasty treats for attending conferences (laughs) yourself. (laughs) (laughs) yeah so this episode is sponsored by freshbooks head to freshbooks.com forward slash syntax and enter syntax in the how did you hear about us and check out the modern simple easy booking software from freshbooks it's as easy and as awesome as it can get because who likes doing accounting uh, freshbooks makes that super easy and painless awesome so how are you doing scott oh i'm doing all, i'm doing all right. um, I don't know. Yeah, just working, working away. I've been uh, writing a lot of tests for my site. I'm moving like everything over to Redux right now. It's so funny because we, we like chatted, and I said, "In like, what are you gonna do in your site?" And I'm like, "Well, maybe I'll do some SSR, and maybe I'll eventually add some Redux." And it's like, "No, I like got into that right away." It was like the moment <laughs> we stopped recording that, I added SSR, and now um, to make my data a little bit easier with that server side rendering, I'm adding. I'm I'm ripping out my my uh, container components and data layer essentially in form of adding Redux and then eventually upgrading that to Apollo or something. But uh, because of that, I'm I'm writing a bunch of tests and uh, so I'm just coding a a ton is is really what it comes down to. Uh, how about yourself?
1: That's awesome. Um, I'm doing pretty good. I just added a show to our list called uh syntax where are they now where we we go back (laughs) through all the episodes and if if we have had a change of heart or we've implemented something differently or or any any which way it'd be kind of fun to give little updates on on each of the episodes stuff that we talked about um but
0: yeah i know (laughs) i feel kind of bad for saying that i don't love redux because i love redux right now it's like all i said was i don't love it and now i'm like but i do love it now
1: now you, it's a change of heart. That's yeah. it's fine. It's, it's fine to do that. Uh, I'm doing good. I've been uh, heads down the last week or two working on my CSS Grid course. i um, having a ton of fun with that. Um, I was, I'm was i also working on my advanced React course. So I'm taking a bit of a break from that while I work on some CSS Grid stuff. And it's a, n- a nice little change. Some of the uh, the React stuff is, is pretty pretty heavy duty. And it's fun to, to switch to something that's a little bit more visual based. So I'm pretty happy about that. Yeah. Um, other than that, just enjoying, uh, it's, it's nice and cold here and, uh, and enjoying, uh, wearing my flannels and down jackets and, and all that fun stuff that comes along with, uh,
0: along with November, December in Canada. Yeah. Right. I'm, um, I'm getting my <laughs> the, immediately following this recording. I'm going to go get my snow tires put on. So, uh. Oh, already, uh, yeah, my, my t- Well, we it's weird. So we'll we'll get in, in Denver here. We'll get a snow and we'll get like hammered, and then the very next day it's going to be sunny and everything's gone away. So we get so much sun here that the snow doesn't stick around, but it can come at any given point. And my tires aren't rated for like under fifty degrees, and on dry yeah. pavement in like forty degree weather, my tires just been and it, it, it's oh uh, wow yeah so i'm like waking up really early like 6 a.m ish to to drop my son off at daycare every morning when it's really cold right now and uh last thing i want to do is be slip and sliding around when uh he's in the car so yeah right now i'm gonna get my my grippy grippy tires put on and be pretty psyched about it i got it. a
1: question about snow tires so my sister's from michigan mm-hmm. and nobody there puts snow tires on and it's just a absolute S H I T show when it snows, and she told me that Americans don't have snow tires. That's not
0: true. I'm I'm born in no. <laughs> born and raised in Michigan. I have lived there. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I, I lived in Ann Arbor, Michigan area for like my entire life, and uh, no, I had snow tires when I lived in Michigan. I transported them here when I moved here, and uh, no, a lot of people do. Uh, you kind of have to. I, I I don't know. You oh, you have to. Well, no, you don't. Well, you don't, well, you don't we, have to have to, but like they from you'll die from I don't know from November to May you can have like slush and stuff on the ground and and people are are decent I don't know about decent drivers but they're 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 better drivers than they are out here and um uh, I don't know I I knew I knew a ton of people that had snow tires um interesting yeah out here it is actually kind of the law though if you go into the mountains there is a a law where you have to either have all-wheel drive snow tires or chains or studded tires, or else you'll get pulled over a Big Ticket in the mountains. Interesting.
1: When we bought our first car a couple of years ago, they had all season tires on it, which
0: there's four seasons,
1: all of the seasons, mm-hmm. it's all four seasons. And we realized very quickly, we almost crashed it on the way home, that all seasons does not mean all of the seasons. <laughs> it means three of the seasons yep. and you have to go sh- throw down a thousand bucks and buy snow tires. And then you also have to buy an extra set of help cat or wheels. Wheels. (laughs) I don't even know the words for these things because it's it's too much work to take them on and off of the rims all the time. So you gotta get some some sick rims sick for rims. the
0: for the winter. Yeah. But dude, snow tires are life changing. Like I remember the, the first best. time I drove in the winter with snow tires, uh, I was just like, this is great. This is the best thing ever. You can actually stop and control your car. You actually have control over how you're driving in the snow.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We've got four wheel drive and some pretty knobby snow tires and I, I sometimes intentionally do not um Shovel my driveway just because how much fun it is to to give her up, uh, up the up the driveway. (laughs) Nice. Yep. (laughs) Anyways, what are we talking about today? Uh, We're talking about snow tires. This This episode is about this is the snow tire. This episode is brought to you by
0: Blizzax, uh, the tire company.
1: (laughs) Blizzax.
0: I used to have a a friend that just yelled Blizzax whenever he had snow. He's just like Blizzax. oh man that's good all
1: right so we're gonna talk about speaking at conferences and um this is a show where uh it's not so even like a lot of the other shows that we have is i have quite a bit of experience i've been speaking at conferences for a long time and uh, scott is just getting into the whole conference game so uh the hope is that i can give some tasty treats to scott and then scott can take those tasty treats and and implement them.
0: Yeah, um, I'm. I'm like I said before. I got my learning cap on. I am ready to just <laughs> absorb everything because you know the. I, I come from the the uh, the side of things where it is. It is kind of scary. I haven't done a whole lot of public speaking. I I did things in school or whatever. You do public speaking here and there, and I, I've given a conference talk before. I've given talk. I'm just not the uh, the man. Ed. I'm not. I'm not the west boss of conference talks, so to say. <laughs>
1: cool well um let me let, let me give my my experience in it i've been speaking at conferences for probably i don't know 7 7 years or so uh so i I've I've, I've I've been at quite a few over over the years um and i've i've grown to really like it initially when i start, first started speaking at conferences it was just like i would speak at like a, a meetup that was like not even a conference, just a little user group meetup that had like 30 people, and I just remember being so sick to my stomach that I was going to share. And I spent just like weeks working on this talk, and um, and it's definitely gotten a lot easier. I've gotten a lot better at at speaking at conferences, and and what we hope to do today is to. To, to dole out a couple of those little uh, nuggets, some of those tasty treats that will help you <laughs> get through speaking <laughs> at conferences. So uh, why speak at a conference is sort of what we're going to kick it off with. Is uh, Why would you ever want to speak at a conference? In, in web development, there are tons and tons and tons and tons of big conferences, small conferences, all over the place. And um, I get asked to speak at them all the time. And and the, probably the best part of uh, speaking at a conference is that you you essentially get a free vacation or you get to travel for free because uh, if you speak at a conference, at a minimum, they should be covering your travel, which is an economy ticket uh, booked to wherever it is that you need to go. And, and a lot of these conferences are overseas, so you have the, the opportunity to go to Europe or if you're from Europe, you can come to North America or wherever it is that you're from. Uh, and they also cover your hotel. So you get to stay in a hotel for a, a couple days and, uh, uh, often what I would do is I would just t- tack on an extra couple days onto that hotel. Uh, the conference would still pay for your flight there and, and back and the conference would pay for a couple nights in the hotel and then you can use your own uh, your own pocket money uh, to pay for an extra couple of nights in, in that hotel and you can go explore whatever city uh, that it is that you're you're hanging out in. So that's obviously one of the huge benefits uh, to being able to speak. It's not, it's not related to tech but uh it's it's crazy to to look at all of the different cities around the world that i've been able to go to absolutely for free because conferences are willing to fly you out and and put you up uh in exchange for your hard work of uh of putting together talk and, and talking to people so that's that's one of the huge benefits that i have there um Another but huge benefit is uh, good friends and good connections. So I've met some some really awesome people at conferences. I find that like I meet really great people online and on Twitter, but it's not until you you meet them face to face and you have a meal with them or uh, you sit down and talk about them that does that um, that bond between you get really really strong. And um, you, I don't know. I, I feel like sometimes people, especially on Twitter, people are a little bit uh, aggressive towards each other and they they like to be uh, a little bit mean and stuff like that and then as soon as you meet somebody in in person at a conference then all of a sudden that hostility seems to die down because the, you're no longer just this avatar online but you're you're a real person right and <laughs> you're, i don't know i you're don't a mean human to make being, this yeah, like you've a, been humanized yeah, yeah you're i don't mean to make this like a don't be a dick on the internet but Uh, I don't know. Is there something just about meeting people and and going out for drinks? Because often these conferences will have like a a party in one of the nights or if you show up a night early, you you go and and go and meet all the other speakers, all the other attendees. You go out for drinks and and dinner and uh, it's just an awesome, awesome opportunity to uh, meet good people and then also make really good connections in this industry because um, I was a freelancer for a long, long time and all of the very, very well-paying jobs that I have got Came from um, speaking at conferences and meeting people, going out for dinner. Because um, usually at these conferences, the the type of people that um, are going to these conferences and speaking at the conference, they come from really big companies that have budget to send people out to conferences. I know some people that work at smaller companies. You maybe get one, you get some sort of budget per year. maybe you spend that on Scott and I's courses. Maybe you go to one conference a year. Um, but some of these bigger companies have budget to send people to a couple conferences per year and often when they needed help on a specific topic then they would call me up and uh, I would uh, jump on their team for a couple months and be able to to help them out with whatever it is that they were struggling with. And the same thing goes for job opportunities as well. If you're uh, trying to meet people and trying to get in, um, before a job is even ever posted in most of these companies, they ask around their developer team and say, is there anybody that you'd recommend to, to bring on? And that's sort of the sneaky way to get in on the, on the ground floor is, is becoming friends with these uh, people at, at conferences.
0: Yeah. And that seems like parallel to, I mean, a lot of industries and stuff like that. I mean, the best way to get a job in the movie industry is just start helping out and being around and making yourself available and making yourself known and seen. Right. Uh, and then when people think of somebody, I need somebody, right. Then they'll think of the person that's there. Um, so I, I could see that being very, very uh, important, definitely to get you on people's minds.
1: Exactly, um, And last, the benefit of speaking and also attending at a conference is uh, just renewed excitement for the stuff. Uh, sometimes we do it day in, day out. And uh, I know there's a lot of burnout in our industry. People get kind of sick or you're working on the same stupid CSS bug for 3 days straight and you you start to get a little bit sick of it and then uh often what happens is you go to these conferences and you see the talks from all these different people uh and you there's often like one or two talks that just really get me going like mm-hmm. um I was talking last episode about the flip David K piano's um c- CSS flip animation or not CSS javascript flip animation uh, talk like I can't imagine I can't remember the last time that I was like oh <laughs> I didn't know you could do that that's amazing and I was so excited about it. I went home and I, I learned how to use it with CSS grid and uh, all this kind of fun stuff so there's, there's nothing like a good conference uh, to sort of get you reinvigorated uh, about web development again and, and back in the old days when you, you first fell in love with it
0: yeah I think I mentioned that even on one of the first or second syntax episodes that uh, I had just gone to the dinosaur JS conference and in- Denver and yep. like I'm going to I'm going to plug that one again because honestly it was one of the best conferences I've ever been to where like each talk gives you that sort of like oh this is awesome everything's great and it gets you excited so uh, shout out to the dinosaur.js Denver folks um, yeah love that
1: awesome um, and then what other of another benefit to speaking can uh, or cannot be there and there's all kinds of different conferences out there there's there's very large corporately run conferences that charge 2,000 bucks a ticket and uh, they make a lot of money. And then on the flip side or kind of in the middle, there's conferences that uh, people run, they make their living off of running a couple of conferences a year, but um, they're not getting filthy rich off of it. And then there's there's also community run conferences where it's just a group of volunteers uh, giving up their day and their night uh, in order to to run a conference. And you sort of have to know like, what are the different types of conferences that, that, that are coming at you and um, I don't necessarily always ask to to be paid to speak. Um, I have been, been doing a lot more paid speaking lately. I know a couple episodes I said I, I haven't, but I'm looking into 2018 and uh, I have a couple of nice opportunities to, to make some money off of that because uh, doing a conference it takes forever to build a talk. It's one of my most hated things ever making a talk because it takes so long. Like I think my last conference talk that I did, I spent an entire week, probably 40, 50 hours working on one talk and that's fine because then I'll give that talk five or six times at at different conferences and and it helps sell courses and it's well worth it for me, but it does take a lot of time, especially like that's me. I have, I don't have a job during the day. A lot of people are doing this stuff in their evenings and, and their actual weekends. So Um, Sometimes you can get paid. Sometimes you get like an honorarium, which is a couple hundred dollars uh, on top of your flight and your hotel made. And and then sometimes it's just a community-run conference where um, these things, if if you don't know, a a lot of times people are bashing conferences online. They are expensive as hell Mm -hmm. to run a conference. And something like a coffee perk will cost like $100 for a pot of coffee or Wi-Fi. I remember talking to a conference organizer, the Wi-Fi for... Uh, like a three-day conference was like 25 or 30 grand just to, to use the hotel's crappy-ass Wi-Fi. And uh, it's insane how much how much these things, like it plugs. You think like, oh, there's no plugs at this conference because they're expensive as hell, right? Yeah. Uh, so it, I don't know, it's it's expensive, but uh, that's not to say there's some people that will never speak uh, without getting paid. And then uh, there's there's people kind of all over the spectrum. And usually if it's, Uh, i don't i like obviously like to get paid for my time but i also will speak at some of these community conferences for free as long as they cover your flight in your hotel and it's fun you get it they take you out for dinner you get free drinks uh you get to go into a nice hotel you get to sort of see the see the um the area some of these conferences that give you like really nice swag bags they have like like cell phone sim cards inside of them and it's uh, you give you a hoodie and a t-shirt and stuff like that so it's uh I don't necessarily think the money is the biggest part of speaking because of all of the benefits that I just talked to you about in, in terms of traveling and job opportunities and, and meeting people and uh, having industry recognition. Sometimes they will record your talk and put it up on YouTube, and that will explode. So um, I, I think there's there's more than than just money being able to to speak at these conferences.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I can't tell you how many conference talks I've watched, even from ones that took place two years ago or three years ago on YouTube, uh, because that information ends up being so relevant. And then that's how you'll find out about this person. And maybe this person has a course on it, or maybe they have a lot of great information on their blog. Um, It's a great way to discover people who who know exciting things. And, you know, you can, I don't know, always goes back to the person who who did that, that talk, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, applying for conference, how do you get into applying for conferences in in the first time? Um, and how do you come up with a talk? Oh, wh- wh- like, where did these things come from? So, when I first started, um, it was what I like to call brute force. So, what you do is uh, you take some sort of topic that you are passionate about or that you're really, really interested in and you, you create what's called a CFP, a call for paper, which it's not a paper. It's just usually like a couple hundred word description about what your talk will be. Um, and then you submit that to different conferences. So often what I'll do is every year I'll come up with a couple different talks. Like last year I had this ES6 talk that I did um, and I came up with a really good, um, I don't know, a couple hundred word description of, of what the talk will be, uh, what people are going to learn, what it's going to cover. Uh, and then I go around to different conferences sort of proposing that I would like to You submit it via whatever submission form. Uh, that they actually have now. Um, when I first got started with this, nobody cared uh, about like who I was or or, or the kind of like the stuff that I like to do. So it was just a matter of brute force being uh, applying to. I don't know. I probably applied to thirty or forty different conferences in a year, and then like I don't know three or four of them actually accepted uh, the talk that that you went ahead and uh, and submitted to them. Um, so that's how you do it there's some really good um websites out there um there used to be this website called lanyard which uh seems to be dying a slow death right now and there was this lanyard.com forward slash calls and they would have a list of every single conference out there and there was just all these like really edge casey conferences that you didn't even know existed like outside of the whole like web development css javascript community there's all kinds of different conferences that are like a little bit more corporate-y or you didn't necessarily know about them because they're in a lot of different countries. Um, You need to find these honey holes. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Honey holes. You need to find find these honey holes that have all of these things. And uh, for me, it was that Lanyard website, which no longer exists. Um, There's a a newsletter that comes out every week called the Weekly CFP. uh, And they they do a great job at saying like where it is, if they're going to cover your travel, if they pay... um, a couple other, uh, a couple other things. When the when the submission is actually due, as well. Um, and then there's a website called PaperCall.io, which I know a lot of people use now as well, where you can submit these talks to, I don't know, hundreds of different conferences. And really, if you want to get into this stuff, that's that's where you've got to start. It's just uh, absolutely posting your your talk description to as many conferences as you could possibly want.
0: So let's say uh, that seems daunting to someone, right? Like uh, to just sort of go off and and instantly start speaking at conferences. I know you had mentioned uh, speaking at a meetup group and stuff like that. I think that might be a great tip is to head to meetup. Is it just meetup.com? It's meetup. I always just think about meetup. Meetup.com. com .com. Yeah, and, and, and check out your, whoa, they got a new logo. Like, Really, they got a new little red color too. It's like a more salmony red color. Oh
1: yeah, this looks almost very pink. different.
0: Yeah, almost pink. Yeah, no, I, I don't like this. I didn't. I, the other red was a little, uh, little bold. Uh, Name badgy, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, meetup.com is a great place to, to see your relevant, and, your relevant meetups, and it could be a great place to reach out to an organizer and, and try to even, you know, attend a few and then try to get in and, and talk about whatever it is you're going to be talking about or want to be talking about.
1: Yeah, they there are always meetups looking for people, and that's how I initially got my start as well. Is I would uh, prepare these little talks, or uh, what had happened is like I was working on a lot of like webcam based stuff and a lot of like JavaScript kind of experimental JavaScript stuff. Um, And um, I I actually was contacted by what is the O'Reilly like Fluent Conference? O'Reilly runs this massive JavaScript conference, and uh, they asked if I would come. Uh, talk about that at the time and that was sort of my big one but before I did that um, because it, what had happened is like it got on Hacker News and I wrote a blog post about it and I made a YouTube video and that, that's what I would also recommend to people is if you have something cool uh, make sure you write a blog post and make sure you write a YouTube video or record a YouTube video and, and post it all on Hacker News and all that stuff because uh, if it becomes popular often people who are running these conferences will email you and ask you to come speak but um if you don't have that, um, go to lo- local meetups and I would go there all the time and just practice uh, my actual talk or just practice like 20 minutes of my actual talk uh, in front of it. And it's really cool. Like, meetups have a very, really good like vibe to them because it's like it's like local developers, so sort of like a lot of people like looking to learn more. Uh, everyone's eating pizza and drinking beer. So it's, it's, it's a really good environment just to sort of get the, get the nerves out before you, you do a, a larger conference.
0: Yeah. And from what I found that they're very supportive, uh, local groups, everyone is very just, I don't know, like you said, everyone's there to learn. So everyone has this sort of, I don't know ego checked at the door. Maybe not everyone, yeah, but there's definitely a lot less egos involved here and, and, you know, uh, everyone's just looking to, to get that and share that information.
1: Exactly. So let's talk about now, uh, what kind of talk should you submit? And uh, I sort of broke this down into a couple different kinds of talks that I see at conferences. The first one is sort of like a lessons learned talk where you work on a team uh, and you have an interesting technical challenge and uh, you you try a whole bunch of different things out and uh, you go through it and you actually launch it and you, you talk about what you tried, uh, what worked, what didn't work. Uh, what problems you actually ran into along the way and how you actually ended up launching this thing at the end of the day. And those are some really interesting talks because it, it's often like one or two years of a developer's time that they've put into launching or, or defeating this technical hurdle. And once they've gone over it, you can sort of like see how these different teams, how they work together and how they they accomplished any or how they got past any hurdles that they hit. So that's called the Lessons Learned talk. Um, the next one is the New Concept talk, and this is, this is sort of the one that I like to go with, which is there's something new in web development, and I'm going to tell you about it. So I like to think of my talks as sort of like mini tutorials where uh, you're going to sit down for 45 minutes, and I'm going to try my best to uh, explain this topic, explain how it works, explain when you might want to use it and then provide a bunch of examples of, of how that actually works and then you leave you leave the tutorial or you leave the the conference talk for me like huh I think I can use that in a specific different piece of my website and specifically my style of talk that I like to do is um, is tasty treats <laughs> where uh, rather than having like a like one huge universal talk what I'll do is I'll take like es6 I'll take Fifteen different things from ES6, or my the talk that I'm doing right now is is not ES6, but it's like um, kind of like future JavaScript where I talk about new browser APIs like Web Payment API and. Um, it, Resize Observer and, and all these new things. And I, I sort of explain, like, these are coming to the browser. Here is when you might want to use it. Um, here are some polyfills. Here are some examples of, of when you might want to use it. And then and then if you're not interested in one piece of that, it's fine. Because, like, five minutes later, I'll be on to uh, a different topic. And you sort of leave with, like, a couple different... Uh, learn Having learned uh, a couple different things.
0: Nice. Yeah, I mean, I, I like that because... Uh, it's easy to get excited about tasty treats and and new fancy things like that because uh, at the end of the day, You know, if you're excited about this stuff, that excitement's going to translate. And for me personally, when I I use something like uh, like CSS grid and the taught, you know, the last podcast we talked about, it's really easy to get excited about CSS grid. And that excitement that you have for with this this new kind of interesting thing that's going to make your life easier is going to translate through to the people that you're talking about. And I think just Mm -hmm. inherently finding that stuff that excites you uh, as little tasty treats is a, a nice way to be
1: exactly exactly be uh, what you're excited about is is really where where you got to be for for doing these talks uh, the next one is the my approach to XY or Z so this is more for uh, I don't know people that are a little bit more prolific than than you or I or, or those those people that are a little bit um they they're sort of like I, I hate to use this word but the thought leaders in the space where uh, like somebody has a problem like for example uh, Jonathan Snook has his uh, smacks css so what, what he probably would do when he came up with that he said he would go and do talks on like here's a problem we have with css here's how i'm solving that with something that i've this idea that i've created called smacks or i have this idea called bem or dan abramov uh, learned the flex or flux pattern in react But he thought that it could be a little bit better. So, what he did is my approach to uh, handling state in React is called Redux, Mm. or here's some ideas called time traveling, right? So, like, those are really good talks because uh, sometimes you are sitting at the ideation of some of these like fundamental ideas in in the web development industry. So, uh, as out to lunch, as sometimes these people think, like, always give them time of day because I've told the story before where I, was at the React conference or I was at a conference where React was announced and I thought it was stupid but (laughs) it turned out (laughs) to be amazing yeah
0: right for sure
1: um uh, next one is complicated topics simplified so uh you just take something that people don't totally understand and this is going to this is going to be um, playing into my sick pick today, but there's this really good conference talk called uh, How the JavaScript Event Loop Works. And it's just something that like people kind of know about but don't totally understand it. But if you can just like slam dunk, explain how this complicated thing works in 45 minutes, people always come out of there gushing. And generally those videos do really well on, on YouTube as well. Uh, and then the last one is it's just something super interesting. So maybe not something that you're going to be using day to day, but something that... Uh, is 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 interesting to the audience? So I went to a talk about how does MP4 encoding work, and how come sometimes when you're watching an MP4, it glitches, and you see this like green frame for a, a couple seconds, or how come sometimes a, a piece of an MP4 sticks on the screen? until that part of the uh, movie changes. And he just, I, there's this awesome talk about just how MP4 encoding works. And it's not useful to me at all because I don't encode MP4s, but uh, it was just interesting to understand how it actually worked behind the scenes. So pick one of those kind of talks and uh, and, and sort of run with it. Uh, it really depends on, on what your personality is like and, and how you like to explain things. Yeah,
0: and don't pick something that you're not excited about.
1: Exactly. Yeah, that's that's really important as well. Sometimes you you see people just they submit six or seven um, talk ideas to conferences about things that they could do, uh, and then you obviously write the talk later. But uh, I often just. I, I like to just pick one thing that I know is going to be really good. I'm a bit a bit of an advantage now because I'm at a point now where I don't apply for conferences. Is that they because I have a bit of a backlog of conferences? I've been around the circuit for a couple of years. People will often call call on me to come to their conference to to actually speak at it. So um, that's a bit nicer that I can be able to just pick what my talk will be. And they they will often ask me like, "Do you have a talk that you would like to give?" And then we we go back and forth and, and talk about that
0: nice
1: Uh, let's talk about what makes a good talk what makes a good call for proposal Um, one the one pet peeve that I have of talks is that everybody starts off their talk with like the history of X Y or Z so people because that's like like the 101 of like in 2001 Uh, Or 1994, Brendan Eich was born and he created JavaScript out of the womb. And then they'll just like go (laughs) through the entire history of X, Y, or Z. Or like CSS was initially created and like nobody cares when it was created. Get to the thing that you're actually trying. Because people always run out of time for their their conference talks because uh, it always goes longer than you actually think. So skip that initial like history lesson um, and get right into, people are web developers, they're there for a reason um, it's like if I was to do a CSS grid talk, I wouldn't start off with like we used to use floats or tables and then we use floats and then we use Flexbox and now we have grid, like people know that and I just dive right into grid uh, and that's what makes a, a really engaging because people all will often just leave a talk in the first five minutes if it's not worth their time because there's other talks often going on on different tracks that they might be able to, to still catch
0: Yeah, and I've I've been one of those people leaving before, so I know you know you got to get hooked.
1: You gotta you gotta get them hooked. And one other thing is, um, don't don't like tell your entire history at the start as well. Um, You obviously have to explain who you are and, and what you do, but keep it to like. I don't know, under a minute or so, just to explain real quick who you are, and then uh, you can you can do more stuff at the end as you're sort of wrapping up and tell people like where they can they can find you on Twitter and whatnot. But uh, don't spend too too much time on that because it's uh, I don't know, seems a bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got a point here called start with a banger, which we just kind of talked is start with something really good. And I, uh, some of the good talk, I don't do this, but I kind of want to steal it. Is sometimes people will. Uh, just start with like a really interesting thing about their topic, and then their like th- fifth slide will be introducing themselves, and then you're hooked because you got that banger at the start. Uh, lots of examples, um, have fun. So don't put too, too much text on the screen. So what I do in, in my talks is I will often do very short code examples because uh, larger code examples get lost on the audience or they can't see it because the projector's crappy and the font is too small. But if you do really big pictures of very small code examples, that gives somebody that gives them something to look at as you're talking through that specific point um and it sort of helps give people context uh for where you're at and and lots of examples what i do is i record my examples on video and put them on loop um because live examples will and always fail when you're trying to do it and you're something will break and (laughs) you're not going to be able to to be able to fix it um on the wh- while you're doing it live and you're all jittery up there. Yeah, talking. I feel
0: like that's like one of the, the biggest things you always see is like, and now we're just going to play this video and the audio is distorted and loud and feeding back, or it's not turning on or the, the audio or the video wasn't embedded. So like <laughs> there's just so many things that can go wrong. And I'm like, I'm definitely of the, the type of person. Um, I mean, whether it's at when you're at the airport or when you're like in, in a situation where there's a lot of things going on that could be kind of chaotic In my mind, you always want to keep it as simple and as concise, as tight as possible. And adding external variables like that is something that, uh, you know, could, could blow up in your face and well, yeah, could and will blow up in your face. So, so keep the amount of things that could blow up in your face to an absolute minimum. Uh, Because I mean, that that seems like a, a really great way to make you feel insecure about how that talk went, right? Your, your, your video example didn't work and you had some issues and people responded negatively to it. And then all of a sudden this great talk that you had wasn't so great just because of some stupid video technical issue.
1: Exactly, and it's often because conference Wi-Fi sucks. Uh, and so what I always like to do is make sure that my entire talk will run offline. I turn my Wi-Fi off and run through it. Make sure that I'm not trying to load any external Uh, scripts or images or videos or anything like that so that it doesn't have to draw on the external stuff because then it's like awkward having to just like wait for it to actually load. Yeah.
0: And I don't know if you know this, but I, before, uh, like immediately out of college, my job at the University of Michigan was running AV for several auditoriums. Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: I know this because I listened to your podcast. Yeah. Scott's origin story. Scott's
0: origin story. Right. So like in that time of running the projector for a couple of years right, in in an auditorium, I saw more of these videos not working and like weird tech stuff or like, you know, people not trying their thing offline and stuff like that than you could ever possibly imagine, maybe one a day, you know, there was always somebody who didn't think about it. And so uh, definitely, definitely test it in different environments no, no Wi-Fi, slow wi uh, you know, any of that stuff, different aspect ratios, even that we had like an issue oh, that yeah. was like
1: aspect ratio. several
0: times where you'd plug in a projector and it would just like totally skew everything. Um, and the person didn't know their computer well enough to know how to adjust those settings on the computer. Um, and it would be in the middle of the thing. So it's not like the AV guy. Like I can't run down there in front of everyone and go like go into their computer settings. They just got to, deal with it you know so um, yeah (laughs) it is that's a a super good point go
1: into I always go into the projector at lunch or before and plug my computer in because the resolution is always off and then uh, you can open up your displays and and set the resolution to what you're expecting and then when you go and plug it in later it's going to remember that specific projector and reinstate your your state (laughs) of uh, what size you had it yeah
0: yeah definitely reduce the amount of technical baggage
1: it's cuz it's it's so scary when you're up there and you it doesn't look like you remember or your fonts aren't loading or you don't know how to full screen something or or whatever reason is going on or you don't have the other thing is like you don't have the right dongle like i carry this little purse around with me that has every dongle converter out there imaginable because often you run into this like VGA projector from 1993 mm-hmm. and you need to be able to you, all you got is USB-C and that stress of not having the right connector, because believe me, the people running AV have not seen that laptop before. It, it always, it always ends poorly. So uh, yeah, make sure you got, make sure you got some dongles on hand as well. Um, tell your audience why they would need to learn a topic. So um. one earlier um, (laughs) tell them early because one time I had a guy at a conference I was explaining how you can you can pipe video into canvas and modify it and in the middle of my example, he yells out, when would you ever use that? <laughs> and then I, I looked at him and I said, well, smart ass. And I clicked it to the next slide and showed a real world example <laughs> of when you might want to use that. Everyone died, but, uh, it's just a good example of like, you like obviously tell people how things work, but I think more importantly is like, why would you ever want to know that as a web developer? Right? Like we need to sort of know both, both sides of these things. Nice. Um, and then last one, um, this is not really like what makes a good talk, but uh, it's nice if you can like have a bit of a draw or help sell tickets to the conference because um, I've had quite a few, and specifically this year, I think what's happening is uh, people who sponsor conferences are starting to stop that because I don't think it's a very good deal to sponsor conferences as a company. Um, so I've had a, quite a few conferences just pulled out entirely because the sponsorship didn't come through and they were going to lose their, their shirt. Um, and, uh, or or they're just not selling enough tickets to, to that specific one. So also they, they thought that they could sell a lot more tickets, but they can't, they couldn't drum it up. So, um, if you yourself, like we'll have an episode on like personal branding and stuff like that. But if you yourself have a bit of a Twitter following or a Facebook following or an email list or anything like that, that will often like I specifically have a web, Page on my website that lists my upcoming talks because people always ask me, "Where are you coming to the UK anytime soon?" Um, so that's a bit of a draw, and that that allows you, that gives you a better chance at being able to uh, to get into a conference if you have, even if you have an email list of five hundred, a uh, thousand people. That's really good because I bet a couple of those people are going to want to come to that conference so that they didn't know about
0: it before. Nice. So so or uh, so go ahead. Oh and- no, I was gonna, I was gonna move on to the next. Yeah, go for it. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, these are a lot of awesome <laughs> tips for like having your conference talk go smoothly. And, and something that's really uh, difficult for developers and, and designers to m- maintain sort of smooth usage on is, is accounting, right? Like, man, accounting is difficult for developers. So you, the one thing that makes accounting smooth and easy for developers is uh, freshbooks.com.
1: <laughs> Great segue. <laughs> well, uh, freshbooks.com is uh, a cloud accounting software. So if you are a small or medium sized business, you're trying to keep a, uh, keep track of all the people that owe you money, um, all the different taxes that go into that, all the different expenses that you have, all the different expense reports, figuring out how much you've spent in a specific year. Um, you need to communicate back and forth with your your client on how much is owed, and have that all in the same space. FreshBooks is exactly what you need uh, for doing that. Don't don't delay and, and use I don't know Microsoft Excel and and save a PDF and send that back and forth because believe me when tax times comes for me, I always have to prep my stuff in March or so, and I hate it because I I have to spend um, I don't know I, I have to spend like. A couple hours just prepping all my stuff. But the, the, one, the one part that is really good is that I can just export all of my invoices, all of my expenses, all of my different tax, tax stuff that I've had uh, coming in. I can just create a big dump of that and give it off to my accountant. And he's super happy with that. And I don't have to worry about it, it being done. Same with all of my invoices and all of my uh, receipts. What I do is I snap a picture of that receipt and that way, if I ever get audited or anything like that, I, I know that I have pictures of all those receipts that I don't have to go diving in the shoebox that I have uh, of different receipts. I can just pull it up really quickly uh, without, without any uh, fret from that. So check out FreshBooks. Go to freshbooks.com forward slash syntax and enter syntax into the how did you hear about us? Thanks so much to them for sponsoring.
0: Nice. Nice. <sighs> cool. So, okay, so we got uh, a good information about, like, how to get started, how to give a, a good talk, or how to prepare a good talk. Um, what are some more, like, technical things we can talk about? So, like, what kind of software do you recommend? And, and I mean, there's, there's obviously presentation software, but there's also code solutions to this as well. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, creating a nice-looking slide deck is often a challenge because uh, you have to figure out like where things go. You have to fit stuff on the screen. Often, you want to have syntax-highlighted code in your actual editor, so there's sort of a lot going on there. So, um, some of the people who are a little bit more refined, my like presentation style is. It's pretty off the cuff. It's kind of like this podcast where we'll take a topic, I'll have some stuff that I'm launching off of uh, and I'll have lots of screenshots and and examples, but I don't have any like speakers notes and I don't time myself. I know some people time themselves and go through it. So people that are a little bit more polished with their speaking and and plan a little bit more ahead, they tend to use like Keynote or PowerPoint and they uh, have some nice fancy animations. Keynote is a pretty powerful application and you can make it look really good. You can do a lot of uh, animations and transitions you can embed videos and and whatnot so that seems to be pretty popular even amongst the the web developer crowd um, myself personally um, I use sort of a modified um, thing Google back I think it was like what was the first Google iO oh first Google
0: like
1: 2011
0: I don't know like I, don't, I, I think let's
1: no let's just that. say it's 2011 so Google iO in 2011. They had this like HTML5 slide deck that was like they were trying to like push the the value of the web and like how amazing it was that you could build apps in the browser. And one of the things that all of the speakers used was this slide deck that they could build their slides in in HTML and then there was a little bit of JavaScript that came along with it that would allow you to advance your slides or build a list of bullets and slide one in after another. Um, and all that did is it just added classes to your slides. Uh, called current, next, far next, previous, and far prev. And then you know that with CSS, if things have classes and those classes change, you can just use CSS transitions to m- translate X 100%. You can do anything you want with those. And, and that's how they, they sort of slide in the slides from the left to the right or up and down or... Or whatever it is um, same with the the bulleted list all you have to do is create an unordered list of the class of build and put a, anything in there list items images or whatever and then every time you hit your clicker it will fade in the the next element or slide in the next element depending on how you have your CSS so that's what I use I've been using that for for years and years and um, I've sort of stumbled upon uh, what I like to have my my um, slides look like so I I took that and I built like a custom gulp setup where Uh, uh, All of my slides are done in in Pug or Jade. All of my CSS is done in Stylus. And then this Gulp task will just automatically serve it up live um, and auto-refresh it with Browser Sync. And uh, what I've done with the CSS is that I take, um, I don't know, 20 or 30 different images. I take 15 or 20 different nice-looking gradients. Uh, or or colors or something whatever looks good for the slide deck. I always do a different design for every slide deck. I go and find a really nice looking font. Um, and then what I do is I put that background image on there. I put that gradient or that color over top. I use like background blend mode s- something so that the the color sort of bleeds into the background image. And then I have the I have a couple different styles. For my my t- typography, so I have one that's like an H1 tag. It's really huge. It's going to fill up the entire slide. Um, I have like a subheading where I can put underneath that. I've got different sizes for images that will span the entire height or the entire width, depending on if it's portrait or landscape. Um, it's all built in flexbox, so it will automatically center. Everything on both axes. So depending, no matter how many elements I throw at it, it's always going to perfectly center it. So I don't have to like mess around with uh, adding margin or padding or or vertically center anything. All the flexbox will just take care of all those children. So like I've sort of stumbled upon this um, framework for building my slides, and it lends itself really well to the type of talk that I give. Um, And if you're interested, all of my slide decks are up on. Up on GitHub, I'll link a couple in the show notes so you can sort of check out the system that I have.
0: Nice, yeah. Those kind of things I've only used Reveal.js. Um, I've heard that one's really good. Yeah, that was it. Was a nice one. It it does a lot for you. It uh, they have like themes that exist. Um, so if you are looking for like a quick and easy JavaScript solution, one that Reveal.js is 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 pretty nice. Uh, I've only worked in it a couple times, but I, I did enjoy it.
1: Oh, this is the one that allows you to so. Reveal.js JS was b- based on the one Google put out, uh, but it's it's really cool because you can have a slide, and then if you have sub slides, you can slide left to right and up and, up da- and down, yeah. mm-hmm. which I thought was was pretty nifty yeah. to, to be able to do that. So I would definitely check that out as well. Yeah, I, maybe not my like janky one that I built. And
0: I like it because it has you know all the the stuff you'd want like keyboard support and you know the stuff that you gotta have, um, tapping yep. through. Yeah. You know.
1: So there's also, um, there's one called React Spectacle, which allows you to to build your um, presentations in React components. And that's pretty neat because you can pull in any of the React stuff that you want. It has a whole bunch of, you can write markdown right in the slides and it will convert it. Um, you can put code examples in there and it'll auto-highlight it. My, mine does code examples as well, but I often opt for just screenshots of the code so I can stretch it as big as it possibly can go. Yeah, this looks um, really nice. That's pretty nice. I think the transitions are, are some of the the fanciest stuff. And then you can also have speaker's notes with it, which is one thing that I don't do. But a lot of people like to have bullet points of stuff they need to make sure that they touch upon. Whereas I just wing it. And like I know, I, I practice my talk four or five times before I actually do it. And then by going through it four or five times, I, I get a good sense of what do I need to cover um, without having a million bullet points up on the actual website. Mm-hmm. So there's there's all kinds of slides.com. There's a really cheesy one called Prezi that allows you to zoom in and out. everyone was bananas oh, for Prezi for God. a while.
0: As somebody who worked at a design agency when Prezi came out, when we were like, We were like, let's knock the socks off our clients. We're going prezi on this one, and like, they, I, I don't want to make this sound negative or something, but it was like that. You know, if if we really wanted to impress a client, they spent all night making some prezi that zoomed in and out on a, you know, a micro piece of text on that thing and zoomed in out of nowhere, (laughs) stuff like that. Yeah.
1: It it was all in Flash, and I I think like there's maybe even someone listening. If you work at Prezi, I would like love to hear. uh, I would love to see a Prezi about the challenges of converting Prezi from Flash to transforms and CSS animations and and all that stuff because it's it's no longer. I don't think it's any longer done in. No, oh, it's done in Canvas. I have not.
0: Yeah, that seems like the because then you could probably translate a lot of the action script over to just JavaScript and
1: yeah, it yeah. seems
0: like an easier, easier task. It's
1: interesting. So if you work at Prezi, I'd love to see a Prezi on that. <laughs> uh, let's talk about not speaking, but conference training. And this is something that I will often do is I'll go do a talk and I'll do um, a training like the day before or the day after an actual conference because people are in town anyway. Um, and then I'll do uh, a training. I, one of the big ones that I do is like a, a React fundamentals training where we do we build an application in React all the way from scratch. So um, those are really fun. Those ones pay uh, pretty well. Often what you can do is you can negotiate with, the, um, the person who runs a conference where you you get a like a 50-50 split or a 60-40 split or whatever the split is going to be. It's all over the place. Sometimes the ones that are run at hotels have a bit of a bigger budget. Sometimes uh, the other ones are a little bit cheaper to run. But um, in my experience, you can make quite a bit of money running trainings um, around there. Um, so often it makes the the whole trip of doing a talk and doing a training well, well worth your time. Nice. So yeah, it's... I don't know if, if other people are are interested in that. It's kind of a weird thing to get into, but um, if you just like put it up on your website and say, "Hey, I'd like to do training," or or if someone asks you to do a conference, I often will say, "Like, hey, do you want to do a training as well?" Um, and even if the conference doesn't offer that, it's something that they will often be into because it's not that much extra work for them to order lunch find a projector in tables uh and a place for me to do my workshop and then they everyone can make a, a little bit more money and and the people who are going to the conferences can can get a little bit more hands-on experience rather than just sitting in a chair for for eight hours listening to talks
0: yeah and that stuff is important uh, that hands-on i mean we talked about in the last yeah. episode this is just one. the you got to get your hands in at some point so
1: exactly so um, I will we'll end this off now with um, just some tips about attending conferences and and I guess you being a speaker or an attendee. So. Um, it's a lot of work to, to go to a conference and you have to take time away from your family, away from your job. Sometimes people even use their own vacation time to go to a conference. So um, it better well be, be worth your time to actually go to that specific conference. So um, I wrote a blog post a couple of years ago called, How Do You Get the Most Out of a Tech Conference? And I just wanted to go through and, and touch upon uh, a couple of the tips that I have from here and then maybe Scott's got some of his own. You can chime in as you want. Words. So uh, my first tip is first to read the code of conduct. This is a huge thing in our, in our space lately. Um, is that uh, people sometimes act inappropriately at conferences, and um, there's no really no excuse for it. But it's unfortunate that we see. Um, blog posts and stories and and like props to the people who come out and tell these stories because I'm sure it happens a lot more than we do. But um, uh, there's just something about developers getting together or just people in general getting together. And there's always someone that sort of steps over the line, uh, whether they mean to or not. Um, it's just kind of a bad space to be in. So often uh, any conference worth its weight will have a code of conduct up online and uh, they will share like, what obviously these things are so simple, but it's also like there's it just blows my mind that there's people that don't understand these things. But uh, just like how to talk to people, um, how, uh, you get the point. I mean, let's let's pull one up here code of conduct. So go to codeofconduct.com and that's sort of the base one that a lot of these these conferences do and it just talks things about harassing people based on uh, anything. Sexual orientation, disability, physical appearance, body size, race, ethnicity, all these things. Just basically don't be a dick at these conferences and uh, Uh, You're going to be in a good shape, but um, take time to actually read through it as well. Just even though it's not going, it might not necessarily be you, but if you see somebody acting inappropriately at one of these conferences, it's well worth sticking your head out and being like, hey, not cool, talking to the conference organizers or whatnot, because you want to make sure that these are um, a space that everyone feels comfortable for going to. Yeah,
0: definitely important. Yeah.
1: Um, next up is get a nice clicker this is for speakers um, there's one that I use it's a Logitech something um, and uh, it's just a nice nice little clicker that will advance your slides it has a um, uh, what's it called a laser pointer on the end. If you can't, I like touching the screen and pointing to things, but if it's too big of a screen, I like to use my laser pointer to point to things. So uh, that's a big one rather than you having to to touch on it. I once was at a conference and they had a clicker to advance it. You would turn it upside down and none of the speakers knew how it worked. So they would turn it upside down and their slides would just go. Oh, and uh, they didn't understand how to go back and you had to like flip it upside down twice to go back. I don't understand who made this thing, but, um, But just bring your own clicker and something that you're comfortable with, because uh, there's enough nerves that you're gonna have when you're up there. Uh, Being comfortable with your clickers is important. Yeah. So
0: how how well do those integrate with some of these JavaScript libraries? Great. It's
1: just a A the clicker is just a left click to. uh, It's just bound to a left click on your mouse. So uh, and then there's there's a couple other buttons on there that you can bind to. Like I think it's like right click and. and and whatnot and there's a scroll wheel on on some of them as well so they work perfectly with with all these different uh, libraries nice Um, joining Twitter early so week week or two before Twitter find out what the hashtag is for the conference and and I always like to keep a, a column up on TweetDeck to see what's going on and that way you can start to meet the people that are going to this conference because that's one of the main benefits of going to a conference, not just going, not just having these talks, but actually meeting the people and having meals with them and, and whatnot. So uh, I find that if you go on Twitter and you, you see who else is excited about this conference and talking about it, then you can uh, sort of reach out to these people earlier. Um, next one is have lunch with the speakers so if you are in a town where the conference is coming often the speakers will fly in the day before the actual conference and, and the attendees as well so if you can maybe reach out to a couple of the speakers and say like if they are people that you are dying to have some sort of lunch or dinner with dying to talk with them. Often, these people and myself included, we're just sitting in our hotel room waiting for the conference to start because we're in a city where we don't know anybody. So, uh, being able to reach out and say, Hey, uh, would you like to go for lunch or grab a beer or whatever it is, is, uh, is a really good, um, really good point. Nice. Uh, next one, stay off your phone. Um, this one kills me because I am anytime I feel awkward, you're in an elevator. Uh, you're in a group of people, you're sort of standing around and you want to break into a circle of people. It's awkward as hell. So what do you do? You look at your phone. So my thing that I do is I I try to just awkwardly stand there and just like not touch my phone because if you're in your phone, you're not approachable and there's people, no one's going to walk up to you and say, hey, um, so on that same point, if you're a little bit more approachable, not on your phone, not with your head down, you're sort of just looking around. What I'll often do at conferences is I realize is like nobody knows anybody at these conferences. It's all just a bunch of people that don't know anybody. So what I'll do is I'll just walk up to random people and say, hey, I'm Wes. Where are you from? And and that, that will often just... Uh, um kick off a really good conversation about what kind of stuff they're working on and, and whatnot, but uh, everybody's a little bit awkward. So I guess especially in the web development industry. So uh, being able to stay off your phone and just like get past that, industry, I, I realize this is a very extroverted thing to do, but being able to just be like, hey, what's your name? Or have we met yet? Or something like that is it really helps because then you start to meet a whole bunch of people and then uh, usually when it comes around to dinner time or whatever, there's just like a gang of you People who have met the last couple hours, and then you just sort of have a little posse that you can uh, uh, you can do <laughs> with that. A Well, if right? you
0: have if you have like the extroverted of the bunch, you know, if we yeah. insist that the extroverted of the bunch, you know, everyone goes and does this, then the introverted of the bunch will hopefully get uh, talked to by one of the extroverted, and then everybody can talk to somebody because you know, half and half and. Uh, <laughs> Just just, exactly. yes, you'll, you'll find someone to talk to just, but like, like I said, to make yourself approachable and head down, you know, body language And in your phone says like, don't talk to me. And it, it's important. Like, I and mean, last one I was at, I, I met so many great people and we didn't even talk about web development. We talked about rock climbing. We talked about, um, you know, the area and the mountains and all sorts of just stuff like that. And, you know, it, just from a, a standpoint of you know developers are are all into code and all into stuff, but everyone's got hobbies and interests and sometimes those yeah. things are, are just extremely interesting to learn about or can give you a new perspective on uh, different people in your industry
1: exactly I, I developers always have really cool hobbies and and getting into to those hobbies uh, with people is is really fun you can you can kind of bond a, a bit of a closer relationship with people. Um, name badge make sure your name badge is on at all times and make sure that it's it's pointing the right way because people always forget each other's name so um, it's silly but make sure that it, it is there some nice conferences have the name badge on, name on both sides of the badge so if it flips around you, you don't cover up your name some of the conferences will put the schedule on the back of the name badge what I like to do is um, just like I don't know tr- try to like pin it to like a button so that it doesn't accidentally flip the other way because Forgetting someone's name is the worst, and it happens a lot at conferences. So, having that nice and invisible is, is important. Uh, and then uh, practice your breakaway. So, uh, as much as it as great as it is to talk to random people, um, it also sucks to just sort of. Stand around with the same person all night, or sometimes you meet some real doozies of, of people who who will not let you go, and uh, you want to talk to other people, right? You want to you want to talk to as many people as you can. So uh, practice your breakaway. Um, there's a Jerry Seinfeld's comedians in cars getting coffee. He talked about this, where he said he is really good at saying it was so nice to meet you because it's the nicest possible way to say I don't want to talk to you anymore. <laughs> And and they're like and the the what is the 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 response to that is so nice to meet you too see you later yeah right that ends it Uh, practicing the breakaway my my brother in law is um he's a pastor at a church and you can get all kinds of people just like tackling your time. Uh, and it's important to be able to, to talk to all kinds of people, right? So uh, he has an awesome breakaway where you, you give the people the time that they need, but also you need to be able to break away from that conversation and not overstay your, your welcome. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's it. That's all my my tips. Any You got any other tips or questions or anything like that?
0: No, I, I think just be, uh, I don't know, be happy and excited to be there and that positive energy is going to radiate Outwards, and you know, people are going to want to talk to you. And I don't know, I I get I get so much uh, positive energy from from conferences that I think that's something that Mm -hmm. you know, it's it's just a great way to to approach it and just to be totally open minded. And I don't know, they're just such great places to learn and get excited about things.
1: Yeah, huge advance for your career. I think like if you are hoping to speak in twenty eighteen. Maybe make it your goal in the next two months to put together two or three different ideas for talks that you'd like to give, and and put together um, like a CFP, a couple, maybe like uh, a couple, I don't know, seven or eight sentences about what the what it's going to include. Because the worst thing is is when the conference uh, talk is closing in six hours and you want to submit a talk, but it's just not enough time to to accurately pull together uh, a CFP so put that together in the next couple months and then 2018 is going to be a good especially in the next couple months that everybody is planning their conferences right now for 2018 so put those together and then you'll you'll have a a really good chance at being accepted to one of them in, in 2018
0: nice good tips sick tips sick
1: tips you got any sick picks for these sick tips
0: I do. I do. I have a. Uh, I have a sick pack here, and this is an app for your computer for uh, Mac OS specifically. I have a computer. Uh, yes, I'm so sorry for Windows people, but I think this stuff's built into your operating system. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of like window management libraries and, and things like that. Well, oh, sorry, I hit my mic. Yeah, so there's a a lot of like window management libraries available or applications available, whether it's Better Touch Tool or Cinch or one of those for like snapping your windows in certain places. And I have found mm-hmm. um a nice, nice application that is sort of like Clippy. It's open source. Um, so it's called Spectacle. You can find it on GitHub. I uh, will we'll have the link in the show notes, obviously, but um it's basically Oh, organizing your windows. Now, what it doesn't do is it doesn't do the mouse click and drag snap to a side, but uh, it has all the keyboard shortcuts. They're fully customizable. And the one thing I really liked about it, obviously, other than it being free and open source, is that it has things like um, it, it, the, one, the one shortcut to move something to the left half of your screen. If you hit that shortcut a second time, it'll then bisect that in half again, and it'll do a quarter. So, I actually don't know if, if other ones, I'm sure the other ones would work this way, but if you do your shortcut mm-hmm. to hit it to the left, it goes half and then you hit it again, it goes to a quarter. And it, because of that, the simplicity of it is just so nice to be able to snap your windows wherever you want. You learn a couple of keyboard shortcuts and all of a sudden you can put something in the top left corner, something in the uh, bottom right corner, something in the right side, and, like just have everything exactly where you want it to. A good window management is supremely needed in mac os because mm-hmm. even after all of these years and having windows having this feature it's like they cannot get it together and put this in the operating system they gave you some like half-assed split screen full screen view that no one's going to use and uh this thing just really makes window management super easy free open source all of the good stuff
1: that's pretty sweet i'll, I'll have to check that one out my uh i'm currently using better touch tool um which Amongst a thousand other things, it also does does window management, um, and I just got some keyboard shortcuts to to snap them. And then I also use Divi, which does the the visual drag and drop mm-hmm. of of where you want the element to go. Um, wh- does a Spectacle do this one thing? Where this is what I really like about Better Touch Tool from the Windows days, where you would like move uh, a window into the corner. And it would like automatically snap to that side of the screen or you move it to the top and it snaps to the entire screen. No, it
0: doesn't do any, it doesn't do any mouse snapping. It's keyboard. Oh, Cause only. it's all keyboard.
1: Yeah. yeah. Maybe I should be doing keyboard anyway. Yeah.
0: And they, once you get, once you like, that's the the hard part is you got to learn the shortcuts. But once you learn, you know, I think it's command option F to do full screen or whatever. And it's not full screen, full screen. It's like have the window take up the full screen, not the full screen mode. Uh, that's yeah. kind of unwieldy, you know? So, uh, Once you learn the keyboard shortcuts, you're cruising. And I use this thing absolutely on the daily, uh, nonstop.
1: Spectacle. Where where do you get it? Spectacleapp.com.
0: Yeah, no, is it? Spectacleapp.com? Maybe? I believe so. It links to their GitHub. Nice. Okay, so it has got to be it. Okay, spectacleapp.com, Spectacle app on GitHub. I just got it from their uh, GitHub page, which is... Exarny E C Z Z or Z A R N Y spectacle, yeah.
1: Can you please respect Canadian?
0: <laughs> I've had to learn a whole lot of new vocabulary since we started this podcast. So, <laughs> yeah, eh. eh.
1: All right, my uh, sick pick is a YouTube video from a conference called "How What the Heck is the Event Loop Anyway? And it, this is one of those things in JavaScript. Scott and I were talking earlier about some trouble he was having with a race condition. And then I was talking about how um, I found a bug in Apollo which had a race condition. Um, and the way that I fixed it was by setting a set timeout zero. And uh, and I, I've always been using that like set timeout zero every now and then. Um, for years. And I never really understood why it works. Uh, if you queue something up for zero seconds, it actually adds it to the end of the uh, the events the event call stack rather than uh, exactly where it should be. And it sometimes fixes bugs with um, race conditions. Um, but there's this amazing conference talk back from 2014 by Philip Roberts. It's got almost half a million views on YouTube already, so you might have seen this already, but I've watched it probably 10 times. And it just explains um, how JavaScript works, how events are queued up and and run. Um, y- uses words like event loop non-blocking callback asynchronous single threading and concurrency if you ever like that stuff confuses you like it did me this is an awesome 26 minute talk that you can you can do and he built this he built this really cool tool that will help you visualize how events are added to uh, the call stack
0: nice love that stuff check it out this is the best way to learn that kind of stuff because like when are you going to devote all your time to it i mean just go and watch a video like that and have your understanding widen just a little bit and now all of a sudden you learn about something that has existed and you've sort of worked around it without really necessarily knowing the the nitty-gritty
1: exactly exactly it's well worth your 26 minutes or uh for those who listen to their stuff at 2x it's well worth your 13 minutes works Cool. All right. That's it for today. Hopefully you enjoyed that. Make sure you tweet us at SyntaxFM. Thanks so much to FreshBooks for sponsoring. And we'll see you next week. See you. Bye. Bye.